So I didn't know what to do when I first, you know, wanted to start my own thing. And so what really helped me clarify this is um, looking at both your time and your money. So those are the two constraints that uh, kind of define how we live our lives. And so what I mean by this is uh, look at your credit card statements and see what you're spending money on without even thinking, you know, like you look at your statements and, you know, if you're like eating out a lot or, you know, you're buying all sorts of like electronic gadgets or whatever it is, um, that's a good indicator of like what area you would be interested in. And then also the flip side for, for time is where do you spend your time without even thinking about spending your time? I'm Janet Ahmed, host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast and a digital presence advisor at HumbleZone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that'll reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit homestudiomastery.com and how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities. Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life. We want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. Welcome back to another episode where we dive deep into the stories and journeys of remarkable individuals. In today's episode, we have a special guest, Young, who has ventured into various businesses, worked with entrepreneurs, and built his own successful e-commerce shop. Join us as we take a walk down memory lane and discover the fascinating origin stories that have shaped Young's entrepreneurial path. Stay tuned. Young, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Junaid, thanks for, so much for having me on. It's my pleasure. Awesome. Perfect. Young, on the podcast, we love to listen to stories, walk through memory lane, rediscovering origin stories. And as we were talking in the green room, you've had, you've got a, you've had an amazing past where you've done lots of businesses. You've, you've worked with entrepreneurs. You have created your own businesses over the years. So let's take a walk down memory lane and hear a little about how you got started. Yeah, absolutely. So I graduated in 2009 during the middle of a great recession, which obviously is a great time to graduate. And I was always interested in uh, finance. And so I actually um, went to New York City for a year and a half and I worked at a trading firm. It was a hedge fund that was more trading focused. And so I was in New York City doing trading for about a year and a half, a couple of years. 
And then while I was doing that, I, I always had the entrepreneurial bug. And so I was dabbling in, in side hustles here and there. Uh, my first yeah, side gig was writing for a personal finance blog. Mm-hmm. And I was getting paid $25 per article. And it took me at least two hours to write each article, which I don't know if that's even you know minimum wage at that point. But at that time, I just wanted to get started on something. It was a good way for me to dip my toes into something other than just the corporate world. And so, yeah, that's how I started dabbling. I had an idea for an iPhone app. And this is back in 2009, 2010, when iPhone apps were starting to boom. And that didn't go as well as I planned. And then I pivoted that into more of like a group chat app. And this is before Facebook groups. This is before any of these group apps now that exist. Mm. And uh, yeah, and my mistake here was that I, I was u- utilizing a development firm in Ukraine, which obviously I'm making a, a web app, but yeah. outsourcing that is not a very good idea. So I, I eventually shut that down and then I decided to move to San Francisco in 2011 mm-hmm. because I could not find the startup community that I was looking for. And so... I decided to buy a one-way ticket mm-hmm. to the heart of Silicon Valley. And I moved with just one suitcase. And I crashed with a friend of mine from high school. I actually only knew two friends in the Bay Area when I first moved. Yeah. And yeah, and so I was, I was, I had one suitcase. I was sleeping on the floor on an air mattress for three months. My back was hurting and I didn't have an apartment to live in. I didn't have a job. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's how... This whole thing began and then worked in uh, a tech startup for a couple of years. Then I decided to go to an engineering boot camp. So for 12 weeks, I learned how to code. And after that boot camp experience, I thankfully was able to land a job at a cryptocurrency company called mm. Ripple. And at Ripple, I, I was a software engineer and I, I learned a ton. I really enjoyed my time there. I was a little bit early in this space. It was back in 2014 when I joined. That's pretty awesome. And then um, right around this time, so I I actually left Ripple at the end of 2015. And I left because the regulations, the financial regulations, which I'm sure everyone knows by now, uh, is a mess. And so there were days where we didn't, do anything we Mm. so we were working on a product and i was really excited about this platform that we were building our team was building Uh, yeah and we had finally moved we're working with a remittance company in mexico we were moving mexican pesos and u.s dollars back and forth and this is the first time in the history of a company that we were doing this and they actually told us hey hold up this is we gotta look at the compliance stuff here now yeah. And yeah, they actually just told us, we actually went to go see a movie, a Pixar movie on a Friday because we had nothing to do. Wow. And so when that happened, I knew my time was coming to an end there because I'm always looking to move things forward. I've always had this drive to keep going. And so uh, that's when I started my e-commerce shop, uh, Urban EDC. Uh, EDC stands for Everyday Carry. So it's things okay. that you carry on a daily basis. It's not like- the music. It's not the music. It's not EDM. No. It's EDC. It's, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like pens, um, wallets, 
flashlights, pocket mm-hmm. knives, this sorts of stuff. So yeah, that was in 2015. And it's funny because a lot of my engineer friends at Ripple, they were shocked that I was leaving a blockchain company as an engineer to go yeah. start an online knife shop. <laughs> but, but that's exactly what I did. And when I think back on it, I, I did, it did, it is a little crazy that I yeah. decided on that path, but yeah, that's how this all started. I and, love it. Um, yeah. I think one thing that I noticed is that, yes, you can do so much in tech, but you're not going to learn anything about how to run a business. And when you went and created that e-commerce site, sure, the product is very simple. It's not very tech savvy, but what you're learning is so much more that a tech company can teach you, which is dealing with customers, working with people, marketing, running a business, having making sure that you have enough stock to be able to ship the product and have shipping supplies for once. That's a totally different game changer. Exactly. So I always say starting a business is the best form of education. I think that I see a lot of my friends went and got their MBAs, but Mm -hmm. I really believe that starting a business is your MBA. You learn far more from a real time. You get feedback immediately from the marketplace. That's really valuable. I love that. So you went from being in the blockchain and when you mentioned you were at the Ripple in 2014, I remember buying some butterfly miners back in 2013 and I had those running to mine my Bitcoin. And mm-hmm. I was like, I should have just bought a few Bitcoins for this amount I spent <laughs> to get the miners because those miners aren't worth anything right now. They're just paperweights. But it's really cool to hear the little story you we're working as a software engineer at Ripple, which is I'm not sure what they're, what they're doing now, but I think they're available at Coinbase, they're available at a lot of different places. Yeah. And it's one of the superior technology, a lot of people say too. Yeah, it's the, the cryptocurrency XRP is, is very popular and there's a huge community behind it. And yeah, when I joined it, it Felt like I was at a university studying mm-hmm. from these guys who were, they're some of the smartest people that I know. And yeah. it was just incredible to be there at such an early stage where I was like employee 30 or so. And I had direct access to the, the CEO, direct access to our CTO. And yeah. that he was my, my boss at the time. It was just an re- incredible experience. Love it. So with Urban EDC, which you ran for a good amount of time from your apartment, selling this carry gear, how did that business go? And Yeah, so I decided to start building a potential list of customers when at the tail end of my Ripple tenure, I started an Instagram account to just repost other people's photos that had gear in it. And so the everyday carry community is very interesting in that there's a lot of makers and they're all like small garage, small makers, and they make things out of the garage. And it's very difficult to buy a lot of these items. Mm -hmm. And so people are asking like, Hey, where can you buy that? Uh, Who sells that? And so what I did was I provided a little bit of value by just reposting other people's photos and then tagging where they can buy it. And so we started getting some traction and right around when I hit 10,000 followers, I decided to get some of those guys on an emailing list. I started gathering up emailing list people. And then, um, in October, 2015, I launched Urban ABC 
with the audience that I had built. And I thought that the 10K followers and the emailing list that I had was enough, but yeah. I was totally wrong because <laughs> it was crickets when I launched. And it was disheartening because I had worked so hard for mm-hmm. to build out this audience and then nothing for three days, right? Yeah. And so I, I learned the hard way that it doesn't, you, you definitely can't have enough of or big enough of an audience to launch to. And yeah, so since then, obviously we, we iterated and we kept growing. And now I have a team working with me and yeah. we're going strong. It's been seven years now and our revenue has grown steadily. And the last quarter we did the most we've ever done. And so it's a growing brand and our strategy is constantly shifting based on market demand. Um, but yeah, so that, that was, that was, yeah, that was a, a fun journey. And yeah. then we, we actually brought home a French bulldog in 2018 mm-hmm. and he gained a large social media following. So we actually took, so my, my wife and I, she's my business partner and mm-hmm. she launched her own shop called Spotify Humphrey selling dog boutique gear. So that, that kind of plugged in right into our BNDC's back, back office or yeah. back office, but the operations and we're able to do both shops with the same team. And that gave us the idea of actually people were asking us, Hey, who's doing your fulfillment? Because yeah. yeah, I'm having a lot of issues with our fulfillment. And so we actually had paying clients for our third company, GrowthJet, which is a climate neutral certified third-party logistics company. We had paying clients before we even had a website, before we even had a name. So we didn't have a name, GrowthJet, and people were paying for our service. That one came in 2019. So yeah, we just recently moved to a 39,000 square foot warehouse up here in in the Bay Area. And uh, yeah, that's the entire journey. That's beautiful. So from your logistic, from your warehouse to 39, did you say it's 39,000 square foot? Yep. In the Bay Area. Yep. That is some expensive land you're sitting on. (laughs) It is. Yeah. Honestly, it's the real estate is the most expensive part of the business. Mm -hmm. If we weren't in the Bay Area, we would probably, we we wouldn't be starting here, but it's just because I was here and you're already there. Yeah. You have roots, right? You have roots, you have, you have roots. friends, you have yeah. a, a Silicon Valley brand, you have that community because mm-hmm. there's a lot of hip, there's a lot of hip stuff happening there. So this totally plugs in to what you're able to offer. I love that. Now, Young Su, I love that you've gone and created three entre- entrepreneur, three businesses because you're a serial, a serial entrepreneur. And I love how each one of those fed into the other one. And mm-hmm. I think that's the most beautiful thing. And and I think it's also very natural to come to that conclusion or come to that crossroads, is it? Too, because you want to create products that complement each other. You want to create services that complement each other. And uh, how how you're able to bootstrap and move forward. I think that's really powerful. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with, with you, Janae. I think that it's, it's important when you think about product offerings, think about how you could serve not only your customers in a similar way, but at the same yeah. time, like leverage what you have to build other 
products and services on top and leverage yep. that and snowball that into something something bigger. So. Beautiful. I love that, man. That's really powerful. All right, dude, your story has been very fascinating. I love the journey from starting at Ripple, starting at a blockchain company to going creating your own Keymars e-commerce site and then building a whole following around using all the tools that are available. If you thought about doing something like this 20 years from now, it probably wouldn't be as easy or as lucrative as it was it's like right time, right place. People are hungry for this kind of thing. It's, it's really cool. Awesome. Let's take a quick five minute break. And when we get back, we'll share three hacks to take away for the audience. I'm Janet Ahmed, host of Hacks and Hobbies podcast and a digital presence advisor at HumbleZone. This episode is brought to you by Home Studio Mastery. I launched a consultation and course program to help podcasters and course creators to create a space in their homes that will reduce the friction of creating content and appearing their best when showing up on camera. The pandemic gave us a lot of issues, but this one is here to stay. We're now so much closer to our audience thanks to video becoming more popular and affordable. I help guide folks who want to create Hollywood-worthy studios to not only capture great content, but also build more confidence, more authority, and be more comfortable in front of the camera. If I can do it, you can too. And with my help, you can do it faster. So if you'd like to learn more, visit homestudiomastery.com and how you too can create a home studio that brings out your personality, professionalism, and possibilities. Welcome back, guys. We've been speaking with Young Soo Chung here on the podcast, and I'm your host, Junaid. Hey, Young, it's been so much fun talking with you, learning about your background, learning about your experience as a serial entrepreneur. You've scaled your businesses beyond the seven figures and created solutions for so many companies, so many creators. It's beautiful. I love that. You've got three hacks to share with the audience. Let's hear them. All right, Janae. When I first started my own company in 2015, I did a couple exercises that really helped me hone in on what I wanted to do. So I want to share that with your audience. I love it. So I wanted to so I didn't know what to do when I first wanted to start my own thing. And so what really helped me clarify this is looking at both your time and your money. So those are the two constraints that uh, kind of define how we live our lives. And so what I mean by this is look at your credit card statements and see what you're spending money on without even thinking. Like you look at your statements and you're like eating out a lot or you're buying out all sorts of like electronic gadgets or whatever it is, that's a good indicator of what area you might be interested in. Mm. And then also the flip side for, for time is where do you spend your time without even thinking about spending your time? If you're watching a lot of sports, you're not, you're, you, you could spend three hours watching sports and you, it just goes by without even thinking about it. So those are really good signals for you to take in and say, all right, these are my, my interests and hobbies. Uh, and then when you have a list of all this, uh, then you want to convert that with your skill set. Figure out what you are good at. So if you're 
good writer, then you can start writing about sports, let's say, or if you're a big wine lover, you can write reviews on wine. And so figure out what area you're interested in with the time and money exercises, and then combine that with the skill set that you already have. And so if you're good on camera, then you can start, you know, a YouTube channel or something, right? So combine those two, and then you will eventually figure out the third component, which is the economic component where you have to, you're making money from it. And so that will eventually come as long as those two kind of match up and it's like a Venn diagram. You want to be right in that middle section. So that's a really, that's how I started my first business, Urban EDC. And then once you have a good idea of what you want to get into, I really encourage everyone to test and validate your ideas first. A quick little side tip here is that when I launched the e-commerce shop, I actually bought stuff off of Amazon and I actually resold it. Hold on. You're... Go ahead. That was my son walking no, in. your son, right? That's what I... <laughs> I'll back up then, right? So I'll start with... Go with number two. Yeah, number two. Okay. So once you figure out what you're interested in with what you're good at, the economic component will eventually come on its own. And that's how you get paid for it. If you focus on what you're interested in and then what you're good at, then you you can make a living from doing that. And then once... Once you have that, then I really encourage entrepreneurs to test and validate their idea. So one thing that I did for Urban EDC when I launched is I actually bought stuff off of Amazon and resold them to the shop. And obviously I wasn't making money, but that's not the point of this. So I was just seeing if people would see uh, if the concept of everyday carry, a boutique shop that focused on everyday carry there's demand for it because there weren't any shops at the time focused on this. And um, now there's several, but yes. it, it just it validated the idea for me that, hey, there's something here, so let's keep going. And then the, the last, so once you validate and test and you have something, then the important thing to do now is to stay consistent and do a little bit each day to keep the momentum going. And so even if it's like just posting daily on social media, like just do something and keep yeah. at it consistently because it will compound eventually into something much bigger. So I love it. So focus on what you're spending on, focus on where you spend time without even thinking about it, right? And mm-hmm. go look at what's gonna, what's the intersection part of it and then experiment as much as you can. Experiment as much as you can. And then once you find something that Mm. works, then stay consistent. And there's this concept called the 20 mile march. It's coined by Jim Collins. I don't know if you're familiar with Jim Collins, Janae. I'm not. But he basically says that find something that you can do on a weekly, daily, or or monthly basis and just stick to it no matter what. And so even if you don't want to do something that week, you still have to push through and do it. And so the concept came from, there was an expedition to North Pole where there were two teams that were racing get to the North Pole and the team that went 20 miles each day without fail is the team that actually made it. And the other team that went beyond 20 miles during good weather days and rested during the bad weather days, they actually never made it. 
Just stick with something that you can control. If you have a newsletter, send out a weekly newsletter, post daily on social media, just something that you can have control over and that will help a lot. I love it, man. Thank you so much, Young Su. Those were some really good tips. <clears throat> All right, man. Let's jump into our rapid fire questions. It's I, love ask, I love to ask this question because it helps us dig a little bit deeper on our mindsets and where we'd like to spend a ton of time. All right. So number one, what is the one hobby that you wish you got into? Yeah. So the one hobby that I wish I got into is something, an activity that's outdoors. So whether that's like surfing or um, maybe some kind of activity in the woods, I've come to respect and really appreciate nature a lot more as I've grown older. When I was younger, I didn't care about going on hikes or anything like that. But yeah. now I'm just so amazed by just the nature all around us. And, and you got some really nice views up in Silicon Valley up there, right? We do, yeah. We're lucky to be surrounded by a lot of you know, the redwood forest is mm. close by. There's a lot that, that we can do. Yeah, so. Love it. All right, next question. What did you want to be when you were a child? Yeah, so I always knew that I wanted to start a business. I just didn't know what avenue or what I would what I would actually do to do that. But as a child, I don't know why, but I always loved making money. And, and that's probably the wrong approach now when I think about this whole thing, you should provide value to your customers first and all that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, just growing up, I always wanted to have my own business, I guess some kind of businessman when sure. I was growing up. So Love it. Next up, what is your favorite movie or TV show? Yeah, I really like uh, The Pursuit of Happiness. Mm -hmm. And I this movie came out right around the time I graduated college and it Obviously, because of 2010 was a really rough, rough time for a lot of people. And I just really love that underdog story of someone. And it's actually based in San Francisco as well. So yeah, it is. I was, when I was watching this, I was like, oh, I'm going to be living there in a year, a couple of years. I was just like, yeah, it just had a really big impact on me where this guy that comes from nothing, he eventually mm -hmm. makes it at the end. And it's, yeah, it's a great story and it really pumps story. me up. Yeah. I love it, man. Next up, what movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it? What movie would I choose? It's mm -hmm. a good question. I would say it would have to be um, some kind of underdog entrepreneurial journey mm -hmm. where someone with without a lot of resources uh, would it be The Pursuit of Happiness? Would you pick that movie? That's a good one. Yeah, I would pick that one. I'm trying to, there's some other ones that come to mind. I think like maybe like the Slumdog Millionaire one. Sure, was, that's a good one too, yeah. That's a good one, yeah. Like that kind of movies, I, I really just like that. Someone who comes from nothing that makes it, so. Nice, I love it. La Next question, who is your favorite superhero? Yeah, so this can be, like a real person, right? Not not like a comic. It could be a, a real person or a non-real person. I would say Walt Disney. And Walt Disney, the reason, okay. 
Yeah, Walt Disney, just because he's able to, first of all, as I, I love the underdog story. So he was struggling for a long time, just trying to get his studio up and running. Yeah. And eventually he made it. And then he was able to scale up his vision, his philosophy, and his whole magical experience journey. He was able to expand beyond just cartoons and now, obviously, the amusement parks. Yeah. And they have their own ESPN, which is a sports network. And the way that they do everything now is just so brilliant. Yeah. No, that's amazing. I love it. All right. Next up. If you were a board game, what would it be? <laughs> if I were a board game, what would it be? That's, that's an interesting question. If I were a board game. I really love strategy games. Mm. And I think I would have to go with Set Limits of Catan. Oh, man, that's, that's an awesome game. Awesome game, right? So yeah. I, I just love the aspect of having different ways to win and the resources and strategizing. So honestly, it feels like entrepreneurship in a weird way. It is, yeah. It's really neat. Yeah. But they've done it. <laughs> man, this was a fun episode thank you so much for your time young su how can my superpreneurs find you yeah so i am on twitter at young su chun and then i'm also i have a new podcast that i recently launched called first class founders mm -hmm. and so i actually created a, a url for your listeners today so they nice. can go to firstclassfounders.com slash hacks and hobbies and that's where you can listen to all the latest episodes. And yeah, it's, I'm really, the new podcast, I would love to hear feedback for uh, anyone that is open to providing it, so. Awesome, man. Thank you so much, I appreciate it. This was uh, a ton of fun again, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you so much, Young Su. Thanks so much, Renee. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode on Hacks and Hobbies. We absolutely appreciate your contribution. You can find additional notes on hacksandhobbies.com. Please share the podcast with your friends and tell them what you learned about our guest today. 